Dish from Waitrose is an SE Creative Studio production. Clarence Court is home to Britain's widest collection of free-range eggs since 1928. Our traditional heritage birds produce a distinctively rich and iconic yolk that takes home cooking from the ordinary to the extraordinary. Loved by chefs and favoured by foodies, each shell is stamped with its own royal crown. It's time for you to discover the wonderful world of fabulous eggs by fabulous birds. Clarence Court. This podcast may contain some strong language and adult themes. Oh, hello, and welcome to Dish from Waitrose. I'm Nick Grimshaw. And I'm Angela Hartnett. And together, Angela and I sit around the table and welcome in a guest, and Angela will make something definitely delicious. Oh, bless you. Um, since I've last seen you, mm. by the way, we went on Claudia Winkleman's show. Oh, we did, yeah. So we spent the morning together going on Radio 2 to yes. talk to Claudia about Dish. And when you're on Claudia's show, you've got to do a thing called a little win. So you've got to come up with something, a little thing that is just small but makes your day. Now, Angela, you said when you wake up on a Saturday and you realise it's Saturday mm. and you don't have to go to work. Mm. Mine was when you get to the end of the road and like choreography, the bus arrives mm. at the perfect timing. Now you were like, I don't see you on a bus. Now you send me pictures of you on a bus. So now but every day. Prior to then, you didn't. I send So I think Angela, you've only just started using I've not just the bus. discovered the bus. <laughs> I, Ange, didn't believe I got the bus, right? So now every time I'm on the bus, you get a selfie. Yes. And that is going to go on for the rest of time. I've archived you. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, today we have Kirsty Young joining us, a legend of broadcasting. Broadcasting, yes. One of the most respected voices in broadcasting, Mm. no less. I feel a bit nervous about this one. Yeah, very nervous, yeah. She's amazing, though. You've... Presumably met Kirsty, right? A couple of times, yeah. yeah. Has she been to your restaurant? Don't know if she has. She's certainly been to Neil's, her and Nick, that's Ah. her husband. So they've definitely been there. And I've been to a few parties where we're both there. But Mm. no, she's lovely. Every time I meet her, she's very, yeah, she's just a great person. She she? is. And she's very cool in the truest sense of the Mm. word, in that she... I feel, really knows who she is. Yes, yeah. So it's like quite easy to be around her. But if you look at her history and how she's come to where she has, it was no plan. She just sort of fell into it. You know, mm-hmm. she was working behind a bar and then suddenly she was a runner and then the next minute she's on a news show and then then she's there for 9-11 and, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's a very reassuring voice and it's also, and it's not even the voice, it's just you know that she's there's no judgment there. She's just telling you the news as it is or whatever mm-hmm. she's broadcasting is absolute truth and honesty. Yeah. I think that's the thing about her, it's absolute honesty. You did Desert Island yes. with Kirsty. Yeah. It was just towards the end when she was winding down because she hadn't been very well. As she says, she relaxes you. She says, it's a conversation. Mm-hmm. And her two big things, I think, in life is when she does interviews, she really genuinely listens to the answer mm-hmm. because then it becomes a conversation. Mm-hmm. It's not about just her going, right, next question, next question. You know, and you can see that when you listen or hear that really when you listen to her. And she also doesn't give her views or opinions in a sense. Yeah. She's not like, oh, well, this happened to me. And then she goes, well, yes, 
There's Same. my friend, yeah. yeah. She will just, and all of us do that. We're yeah. all guilty of that. I think that. that's like a human thing of to course try and it is. connect. Yeah, you try it? and show yeah. empathy, but mm-hmm. actually the real empathy is to just listen and let mm-hmm. that person, she would be a great therapist, Kirsty. Oh my God. She would be incredible. Maybe we could treat yeah. this as therapy. A therapist. And be like, <laughs> do we have enough time? <laughs> we've, only got, we've only got it for an hour, so probably not. And what are we cooking for Kirsty today? We're doing like a stew, right? Yeah, Lebanese uh, lamb and aubergine stew, and we're going to serve it with a bit of couscous. Okay, delicious. Finish with a bit of feta on top, so mm. Mint, a bit of parsley. Mm. Lovely. This is seasonally perfect. Yeah. Kirsty Young and a stew. Yes. We should have a log fire and then it'd oh, be nice. We should. Log fire and the dogs next to it. And it'd be, that's it. We're done. Also, Kirsty loves a mince pie. Yes. I don't know how people feel about this and when we do begin to consume them, but I think we. offer one up to Kirsty today. Oh, yes, of course. Because yeah. they're not just for Christmas, they're sort no. of winter. Okay. But she loves Christmas. They yeah. do. She loves lots of baking at Christmas. I think when we've got a foot into November, it's time for a mince yeah. pie. Yeah, stop sure. teasing the body with Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's get her in. Okay, no messing about today, Angela, because we have someone who knows a thing or two about doing interviews and broadcasting. Okay, so <laughs> make this iconic as she is, please, Angela. A round of applause for our guest, Kirsty Young, everybody. Thank you. Thank you very much. Hi, Kirsty. Hello. Welcome. Yeah, I don't like this. What, do you not? I want to be there doing this. Oh my God, we can swap Uh. if you want. It'll be a very boring interview. We're quite nervous as well. Yeah, we are. We are. We are. I like that I said no messing about as if you're the one that messes around. I know, exactly. The irony around that. As if. How are you? How is life? I'm very well. I can smell food, so I'm well. Have you had Angela cook for you before? I was once at a mutual friend's birthday Mm. party and Angela, it wasn't for me. It was for him. It was a big birthday and you were cooking a risotto for like 150 oh God, people. Oh, yes, I remember in this that, thing, yes. I mean, a pan the size of this table. It was, wasn't it, yes. And I, th- I mean, I think it's quite tricky to cook yes. risotto for four. Uh, so it was absolutely bloody delicious. Oh, and you were just right. like chatting to people. And like, She's going to burn it. Delicious, yes. So I have, but on a, a grand on scale. Grand on mass. scale. Oh, yeah. Maybe I'll have that for yeah. my birthday yeah, present. Yeah, right, dream on. <laughs> So no, no, he was a good friend. Yeah, he was a really good well. friend. Yeah. Made him yeah. a long, long time. Okay. Yeah. How many years do you have to know Angela Hartnett before you will Robin's, cook a giant uh, risotto? I think Robin's about 12, 12 Ooh, 13 years. Yeah, quite a while. Okay, we're I'll talking decades. Because he said, oh, because that, you know, Robin's amazing, does these fantastic hotels and they grow their own mushrooms. Yeah. But it's the oyster mushrooms. Right. And that's not my particular favourite. Like yeah, thank mushrooms. you, Kirsty. I don't. Yeah, thank Slimy. you. So Robin goes, I've got all the mushrooms around you. It's great. I said, oh no, Robin. <laughs> if I'm doing the disaster, we're using dried porcini. Sorry about that. <laughs> And he looked at his feet. I said, no, if that's the condition. Yes right. or no. You know, you got, and that's quite spendy that's for 150 yes. people. Oh, yeah. 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 Worth it, wasn't it? It was absolutely delicious. Right. Well, today, not on mass. Yes, yeah. no, just, just for, for you. you. Yeah. I feel very, just, I do yes. genuinely feel very oh. privileged. That's incredible. I mean, I can't believe I get to do this every week. I keep thinking someone's going to wrap this up. Yeah. Because it is such a treat, but it's so good that now Angela's ruined restaurants. Oh, please. So she ruined Italy, the country. Because <laughs> we, did, we did one where we did three pastas in a week and I went to Rome on the Thursday or the Friday and I was like... (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. 
And I just went to Sicily and no, that's good. Yeah, that's not as good as Angela. Sorry, sorry. So, Kirsty, we were half joking, but kind of half serious. Mm. And we've met you before and think yeah. you're brilliant, but we're okay. also um, quite nervous at doing an interview okay. with you. I wanted to ask you, as someone that, you know, has done many an interview in yes. their life, do you have a tactic of breaking the ice or making someone feel comfortable? I think just to be warm and friendly to people. Mm. You know, oh. I think it depends. I suppose, you know, if you're in the Newsnight studio or the Today programme studio, it's a different set of rules. Yeah. But yeah. the kind of interviews that I've been used to doing in more recent years, especially with Desert Island Discs and now with Young Again, is just to get people to open up. And I think if you go in with your jukes up and you're a bit formal mm. and frightening, mm. well, people aren't going to, are they? Yeah. yeah. So just to be friendly. I used to actually, when I was doing Desert Island Discs, when I was doing the research for it, I'd have a good look at people and I would sort of, this sounds creepier than it felt at the time. <laughs> I would sort of try to tune into the kind of things they wore. So, you know, if they, like if it was Randy Newman and I noticed that he liked kind of quirky t-shirts, I would wear something like that under yeah. my blazer. Oh, right. And I, if, you know, if somebody was quite a formal dress, I'd make sure I dressed up a bit, you know, just to sort mm. of, yeah, it does sound creepy, but do you know what I mean? Just no, to I say that. Just it was a, just to sort of say, well, it's all fine. It's all yeah, it's like reassuring. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 So yeah. I used to do that a bit. Yeah. Um, and also I used to make them a cup of tea just in the little bit before uh -huh. the control room before you go into the studio just to reassure them that it's all fine. And also Desert Island Discs was a celebration. Yes. And I would always mm. say that to them. So yeah. I would say, you know, this is a celebration and I'm not... You get a feel sometimes if people are nervous or not. I'm there to get the best out of them. Yeah. Have yeah. you had that before where someone's come and they're... They're a Defenses bit like nervous up, and, yeah. you know, yeah. they're, they're a bit frosty. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And also you get people who just are that way all the way through. I mean, mm. Barry Manlow kept his sunglasses on and his puffer jacket oh. for the whole interview. <laughs> no way. I skiing, Barry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I should have asked him that. No. So yeah, you sometimes get, I had a certain politician who, I'm not going to say who they are, about halfway through the introduction was like, no, no, no. No, 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 you're not saying that. <gasps> really? Like, and that person didn't look at me for sort of three quarters of the interview. Ooh. They looked right at the corner of them. They were very, very annoyed. And oh. that was not pleasant. So no. sometimes it does happen, yeah. but it's rare. You know, it's rare. And it's quite awful in a studio when it's soundproof. Like you really feel the yeah. frostiness. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. really... Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really... that's the thing I love uh -huh. about a radio studio is it's extremely intimate. Mm. But if mm. things are difficult, then it's oh, between the two. It. Yeah, you yeah. really do mm. feel it. The George Michael one for me oh my made God. me... I always listen to that as well. Because yeah. I always, I just love how he's sort of how self-assured he is yeah. and like knows yeah. who he is. And I always think it's a, such a good lesson in that. I, I always mm. try and listen to that. Yeah, I think it's his he, honesty. I think blisteringly honest. Yeah. And also because I had been talking to him for a few years about doing it. You know, it was a kind of slowly, slowly thing and I knew him. And so I thought, when he said to me, I'm going to do it, I thought he's he's really going to do it. He's not going to come and kind of skate mm. over things. He's really going mm. to come because he's that sort of person anyway. But now that he's decided to do it, we're going to get, you know, gold dust. Mm. And he was mm. so unflinching. Mm. And so he, Well, he was like that anyway, I think, yeah. in life. But yeah, it, that was very precious to me. Yeah. And he didn't come with any wranglers or it was just him and his car. He got dropped off. And he left behind, I can't, don't remember what year it was, but it was the first time I'd ever seen an iPhone. He left his phone behind. No. He'd gone and I picked it up and it came to life. I was like, oh. I was like, I was like, I was like a monkey with a piece of new technology. Like, what is this thing? And then he came yeah. back to collect it because he'd been given one like, yeah. it, like six months before um, they came out, George had an iPhone. Well, I think the thing about Desert Island Disc is, is the honesty it brings out of people and they're not telling stories, they're telling their life. Yeah. And I always remember the doctor, I can't remember his name, he was in Iraq. 
and it was all around the Queen's Jubilee and you were talking about Oh, the he, surgeon, David uh, Knott. That's it, yeah. Incredible. There were lots of things incredible about, about yeah. David Knott, but one of them was he wasn't interviewed very often. So he was not polished and he wasn't anecdotal and he ended up telling me the story about the Queen. I mean, it was unbelievable. He'd had an invitation to go to lunch at the palace because he was this very noted surgeon and he thought, you know, there'll be like 100 people there or whatever. He went, there were eight people and that was including him and uh, the Duke of Edinburgh mm. and the Queen, obviously. Yeah. So he was one of only six guests, but he had PTSD and he, mm. he was sitting to the Queen's right. So he was her main sort of honoured guest. And she was talking and asking him things. And he said what he remembered was just he was saying words, but he couldn't really put his yeah. words together. He was deeply in distress. He'd mm. seen horrible things and he was literally just out of a war zone. And the queen looked at him and said, um, I think this is right. She said, can I help you? And he just said, yes. Yeah. And she called something over. He wasn't even aware what it was. And a butler brought over this sort of biscuit barrel thing. And the butler took the lid off it. And she took some dog biscuits out and got under the table with him and her corgis and she broke a biscuit and gave half the biscuit to him. And they just sat for like, he said, I mean, probably 10, 12 minutes. He said at one point, the Duke of Edinburgh was like, <laughs> <laughs> And that's what she, she could yeah. see wow. his distress. Yeah. And obviously she was, the late queen was a great yeah. animal person. Yeah. And she knew that that was a way to just help just him relax. Him, and that was yeah. what he could do. Mm. That was what he could wow. do. But that yeah. was the beauty of you bringing that, him being able to oh. tell that in a relaxed manner. Yeah, it was and totally it showed him. I mean, I just burst out crying. Yeah. It, you know, and the amount of people I've said, you've got to listen to this one. Because as you say, it's whatever walk of life. He was extraordinary in his career. In his field. But no one knew who he was necessarily. No, no, people didn't know who yeah. he was. No, really. Mm. And he was a surgeon who had trained in three different, yeah. different disciplines just so he could go to the battlefield and do Jesus. whatever operation came his way. Incredible. He really remarkable man. Yeah. Incredible. Need to listen to that yeah, one. Definitely. Yeah, I hope everyone would turn this off and put that on. <laughs> You, of course, presented the coverage of the Queen's funeral. Yeah. Mm. The reaction to you hosting that and covering that. You must have felt people with, you know, singing your praises and saying how well you handled that. How do you approach a job like that? Like, how do you prepare for something of that mm. magnitude? Do you know, I don't think you can really prepare for no. that. Yeah. I don't really think you can. And I think for all the people who worked on it, there was a sense in which... Not in our lifetime, history is never going to repeat itself. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, somebody who spent 70 years on the throne. Yeah. And, and I appreciate people have all sorts of views of the monarchy. But I think when it came to the late queen, the country was pretty much of one voice, which was she absolutely nailed it and did yeah. an incredible mm. job. And so that moment was a sort of what does it feel like? So it, was, yeah. it wasn't a kind of when that happens, I'll do this. Yes. Yeah. First of all, getting asked to do it, I was very, very flattered. And then I thought, I just have to call it. I just have to say what I think this is mm -hmm. like. Mm. Because I'm going through the same way as yeah. all the viewers are. I've watched that. I've watched the crown come off the casket. I've watched, you know, that moment when the piper went. So it was just trying to be very true to that. Mm. And I haven't watched it back. Have you not? No. It's a funny mm. thing. I don't know why I haven't watched it back. No, I'm not. It sort of existed in the moment that it happened. Yeah. And mm. I think when you do live events and live coverage, and I was fortunate enough to do the coronation as well, and I'd done the Queen's Platinum Jubilee mm -hmm. just three mm. months before her funeral. So they exist in the moment that they exist mm -hmm. in and you sort of are either swept up in it, like the Jubilee was sort of swept up mm. in that kind of, this is, what a record, that's incredible. And then the funeral just existed in the moment. So no, I haven't watched it back, but how did it feel? It felt very emotional. I felt oh, yeah. very, you, you very emotional. You felt that emotional though. You remember feeling that like you got goosebumps. Yeah, it was, a it. And, yeah. and you know, we were sitting outside St. George's Chapel, you know, and I'd watched, there was like the masked, ranks of the pipes and drums had come down. There's a kind of beautiful 
sort of walkway, this historic sort of setting. And I'd, so it was all building and it was, mm. and then the coffin came down behind and it was a very intense, it's like kind of almost a cloistered atmosphere mm. and our studio was built high up. So we, I had like this bird's eye view of this moment in history where I counted the camera crews when I walked up that morning. There were over 80 camera crews from mm. all around the world. I mean, you just don't go to things yeah, where no, you sit, where yeah. actual, I'm not talking about just camera crew, like whole setups, yeah. studio setups. Mm -hmm. Do you get nervous? I do get nervous, but when I'm on air, I'm not nervous. Yeah. Right, wow. And when you're getting the, mm -hmm. the 10 in your ear, mm -hmm. you have to, you know, mm -hmm. deep breaths and you put your big girl pants on. You know, it's like, <laughs> but once you're on, you're on yeah. and that's it. And you're doing, your, yeah. you're doing yeah. I'm sure you've both yeah. the things like that where you think, well, now I'm doing my job. I think you should watch it though. Because I think it'd be like Whitney Houston never hearing I Will Always Love You. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'm going to watch that. <laughs> Let's talk about your brand new podcast. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Young Again, which first of all, pun, pun title, fantastic. Yeah. You see what they did yeah. there? Really great, yeah, really great good, there. Yeah. Um, it's available on BBC Sounds, but available wherever you get your podcast as well. And yeah. um, The premise is, is really great. And um, for anyone who's not listened to Young Again, fill us in. Well, mm. it's really, what are the conversations you would like to have? If you could go back to your, I don't know, whether it's 15-year-old self, 8-year-old self, 3-year-old self, and say, you know, I know it feels like this right now, but actually, or this is my advice for this, or don't marry him. No. Or, <laughs> you know, whatever you want to say, what would you say, what would those conversations yeah, yeah, be yeah. that you would have? Or give yourself permission to do stuff or say, that doesn't matter, don't worry about that, you've got spots, they're going, mm. whatever it is, what would you do? Just going mm. back to meet your younger self. And of course, like all kind of hopefully good formats, it's just a springboard in which yeah. to really talk to somebody mm. about their life experience. Yeah. It's such a good idea. I love the Jamie Oliver one. He was great, yeah. wasn't he? Really good. Really good. And he did the George Michaels thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He just yeah. said it like it was. There's a moment when I ask him about fame and how, you know, his whole family's been involved mm. in his fame. Mm. They've been on screen since mm -hmm. they were virtually born. You know, his wife comes in and out of shot. It's the whole shebang. Mm. You know, I said, you know, if you could do that again, would you do it? And he said, I wouldn't do it. I was so shocked. Yeah. I've answer. never, in all the yeah. hundreds of people that I've interviewed, I have never heard anybody be as grippingly honest yeah. as that. Because obviously he's aware, you know, he, mm. he has huge advantage. He's, he's made a lot of money. He's famous. He has a life lots of people would envy. But to actually say, you know, your anonymity is the most precious mm. thing. And I realize that now. I love my life. I realise that now and I wish I had that. It was a real wow. Mm. Yeah. You think, would you? Come on, Jay. Yeah. Do you really think yeah. that? But, I, but you're right. I, I totally yeah. believed him. Yeah, I, I do. Don't think I he, do. He's not the sort of guy who no. says things for effect anyway. Mm. And also I love that he spoke about, you know, I've had all this success and then there's things that have gone really yeah. badly. Mm -hmm. And he spoke so honestly about his restaurant business yeah. and that point at which it got too big mm. and it tipped over and what actually went on there. Yeah, very yeah. honest. He was, he was yeah. great. Right. Yeah. Would you have a word with little Angela? <laughs> Yeah. What would your what would what was oh, teenage Angela like? You were good at school though, weren't you? Weren't I you wasn't quite, actually no? brilliant at school. No, no well, I I, I just got quite... by. I managed. My right. brother was the bright one. I sort of scraped by. I didn't pass my eleven plus. Right. You know, I'm that generation. But, but do you think then that encouraged you to have your thing? Yeah. So if you because I had a, a, a mm. very very able brainy big sister. She you know she oh, was yeah. Yeah. Well, I still do mm. actually, and she was very very academically mm. capable, and I was very academically average. Yeah. So in a way, she did me a favor because I was like, well, what's my thing? Because mm -hmm. yeah. it's not that. Mm -hmm. You know, so I think those things, what about you? Did I had a brother and sister who were super smart. Yeah. And my brother was very cool and adored by everyone and so smart, like, 
too smart for his own good. Okay. Was a phrase that was thrown around. <laughs> so he would, you know, get really good grades without trying. Yeah. That's what my sister yeah. did. Sounds and like all of us. Then the yeah. same with my sister. Interesting. And, and now I, we're all well, showing off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, look at me. Oh, hi, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> I exist. Yeah. <laughs> Horrible. It's horrible. It's like, we're spotting a pattern. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So are you yeah. the youngest? Then? I'm the youngest by like 11 and 13 years. Mm. Oh, wow. So there's a big gap. So they were like super smart yeah, and they're still super smart yeah. and really charming and didn't really do revision but got really good grades. Yeah, and I'd so be like, oh, really revising and didn't get it. So yeah, but also they, my dad was very into us having you know, proper jobs. And my dad yeah. was like, be a lawyer or mm. be a doctor. Yes. And my brother and my sister listened to him. And then because they, you know, were in work by the time I was doing my GCSEs or whatever, my sister was like, don't get a real job. It's a trap. <laughs> don't do it. So do the radio thing. So that was quite handy yeah, as well. Okay. And what about you to young Nicholas? What would I say to... And you were hiding behind the couch watching TV all the time. The hiding, I'm still... Doing. Still, I was really scared by Edward Scissorhands as a child. Right. And um, I think that... It's so quite a heavy answer. <laughs> I think that gave me the fear yeah. and gave me anxiety as a yeah. child but I don't think they had anxiety yeah. in 1991 but that's your cousin <laughs> so it's yeah. just like yeah. what's wrong with him <laughs> so I think I would have like probably I'd probably say, said it? no to going and seeing Edward Scissorhands <laughs> yeah. so I think okay. it like, triggered don't do it. a fear don't do it really I'm serious guys <laughs> I'm scared of everything <laughs> because of Edward Scissorhands. And do yeah. you watch scary movies now? No, can't no. watch anything. No. Can't even watch Luther. Can't watch anything anxiety-inducing. So that really did have a huge Yeah, I can't influence. even if Mishi's watching like a shark attack on TikTok. Mm. I'm like, it like spins me out. Can't mm. watch it. And are you yeah. like that in real life then? So are you imagining threat in real life? Oh yeah, I'm on high alert right now. <laughs> <laughs> I am. Yeah. Well, something oh, happened. Really? My Auntie Carmel got burgled at the same time I saw Edward Scissorhands. Okay. So I think I got so. like a fear of like outsiders or something. Do we need it? I have spoken about this with okay. a lovely therapist called Nicola. Oh, okay. Yeah. And her sound advice was when I, and I said, I don't really like watching scary things and they like yeah. tr trigger yeah, me and yeah. they send me under. She's like, don't watch them. And I was like, oh yeah. my God. Yeah. <laughs> Great idea. I paid 120 <laughs> yes. for that. Like, but genuinely, I was like, that is a great yeah, idea. Like, why do you put yourself through it? And I was like, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Also, I thought flapjacks were diet food through a lot yeah. of my teenage years. <laughs> so I'd probably have a word for myself about that. What about you, Kirsty? What would you Well, I was a real worrier. I was right. a worrier as a little girl, yeah. and I'm a worrier as a bigger girl. Mm. So I would try to get that under control. I don't know. I, I guess. I mean, you know, we have labels, like you're saying, they didn't have, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. they didn't call it anxiety in 1991. Mm. Well, ditto 19, sort of 81. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I try to get myself to worry less. I probably rebel a bit more. I didn't rebel. Yeah. Mm. I didn't rebel as a teenager. I was a good girl. Yeah. So probably I would tell myself to, you know, do the drugs, shag the guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the headline now. Oh, my God, I should have said that. <laughs> All right, should we eat? Yes, I'd love to eat. Okay, yes. let's do it. Um, we're going to have Lebanese-style lamb and aubergine stew. Delicious. You like Lebanese, right? I absolutely love that kind of food. Yeah. Um, in fact, my husband and I, we don't really fight, but we came as close as we do to a fight about Lebanese lamb two nights ago. <laughs> because he really hates it. Oh, and really? And I really love it. And my birthday's coming up next uh -huh. month. And he was like, well, what do you want to eat? And I said, well, I'd love a slow-cooked Lebanese 
shoulder of lamb. He's like, you're just doing that to get at me, aren't you? <laughs> I don't think my birthday meal is an getting you. On you. Yeah, I, don't, I think you're maybe prioritizing yourself a bit there. Yeah, because yeah, he really hates it. Oh, really? Hate, what's to hate about Lebanese lamb? It's just the flavors. He doesn't like, like, Angela, I don't know what's in yours, but Ras al Hanout, that sort of stuff. Right, he doesn't, he doesn't like the spice side. He doesn't really yeah. like that stuff. I, That's it's strange. My I would have thought Nick would be quite adventurous. No, he'll only eat fish if he's by the sea, if he's got very specific So taste. then does that limit what you cook? Yeah. Oh, really? But I like all the things he likes right. also, right. apart okay. from the Lebanese lamb. Yeah. So I will, you know, happily eat the things uh. he eats because he likes lovely food and yeah. we cook a lot and we're really, our whole family is obsessed with food. What's your favorite thing to cook? I did a shoulder of lamb for six and a half hours a couple of weekends ago and that was really slow cooked. And that was Lebanese, that was lovely. I was gonna say a boned chicken dish, but I don't bone the chicken, I get my butcher to do it because I couldn't do that. But it's like marinated and that's my own recipe. I like things with good, strong, punchy flavors. Yeah, same. Yeah. Do you cook? I've cooked more since doing dish and I love it. I love hosting. Yeah. And I love cooking if I've... I, what I hate doing is going to the supermarket that day, mm. then coming home and packing it and then cooking. Because yeah. then it's like, that is like, I'm doing a it's day at Murano. That's like too much. <laughs> so I, I do like the shopping one day. Yeah. And then when you wake up on Sunday and people are coming for lunch, it's like, oh my God, look at my fridge. Everything's there. But do you not order online then? No, I like going to a shop and quite and grandma with that. Do you? I think it reminds me of being little. Okay. Maybe. And I okay. think I enjoy the process of it. I love okay. it. I like queuing. Like, I like it all. No, I, yeah. I cannot like the I do. <laughs> We're going to have a wine with this. We're going to have a red wine because we thought it would go fantastic with the yeah. lamb. Mm. Uh, we are having Paolo Leo Primitivo di Mandoria. Nice. And is a wine from Puglia where the warm Mediterranean sun makes the fruit all full and rich and ripe. And it's perfect with something like lamb. Fabulous. So thank you to Waitrose for that pairing. If you want to try this wine or try this recipe, waitrose.com forward slash dish recipes is the way to do it. Mm. Not to judge a wine by its label like you should a book. Mm. quite like it when they're like that. Do you? Don't you like sort of classic feel, old feel Italian? Old, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's proper, yeah. isn't it? Paolo yeah. is there drawing it him all himself, yeah, you know, it, printing yeah. it all. Lovely. Why do the Italians make the best wines? I think that as well. But far superior, right? I think because they like to drink wines young, I think, as well. Like, you get great white wines, and you can drink them young, and they're delicious. Whereas the French, you know, they've got the big ageing of their mm. wines, and I think they feel heavier to me. Okay. But I prefer Italian wine. I do, far prefer. Yeah, that's my nice. thing. So uh, we've got a yeah, Lebanese-style lamb mm. and aubergine stew. And we've served it with some lovely couscous, some feta on top, finished with some parsley and some fresh mint. Mm. It's this brilliant thing that Waitrose do. It's a cook's ingredient and it's the seven spice Lebanese mix. All the spices are in this one little pot. So you've got your coriander seeds, your allspice, your cardamom, your black pepper, cumin, all together. So just a couple of spoons of that. Mm. Have yeah. you got to be careful with spices? The thing that I worry about is that mm. I don't use them up quickly enough. Oh, in the house? Yeah. Yes. If you're not cooking food like this all the time, how long would they keep? Well, according to my friend Atul Kutcher, he, he bought me this lovely spice tin and he said, tell me how old your spices are. And I said, honestly, 
two, three, maybe even longer years. Yeah, because you do keep yeah. them. Mm-hmm. Exactly that. You have them there. But he actually says every three to six months you should get rid of your spices. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you should because you know they, you should get fresh stuff. And it and actually, if you think about it, if you go to somewhere like Morocco or mm-hmm. you go to some of the amazing markets in Spain and you see all those big things of paprika mm-hmm. and all the spices. Why wouldn't you? Because you'd go and buy them fresh, wouldn't you? Like another yeah. ingredient. Yeah. But mm. we're always buying everything in packets. Mm. Oh, no, I think my mum has even got stuff older, like 15, 20. Oh, I mean, my, my brother. <laughs> yeah. My mum, yeah. I had a clear yeah. out of hers. It was insane. Yes. It could have been in a museum. It was <laughs> yeah. stuff from, like, 1997. I was like, Mum, get it in the bench. Then it's not going to go off. It's spice. Yeah. I was just like, get I rid sort of, of know what she means. I yeah, cleared, I cleared it out. It just would lose its flavour. Yeah. Like, it's not going to do it. It's not as no. potent as well. I was well. like, why do you think you're going to use it now if you didn't in the 90s? Mm. Like, all of a sudden, being like, do you know what I, I mean, love? Do you know I love cumin? Yeah. All of a sudden. Like, you've ignored it for 30 years. Ange, I want to ask you about this. Yes. When you're making the lamb and aubergine stew, mm. what is your number one tip? If you're listening to this and you're like, right, I'm I think doing with any tonight. stew, I would always make it the day before. If mm, you can. Would you? Yeah, I think so. It just enhances the flavour. Mm. You and don't ever boil the meat. It's it's hard to because every recipe will say bring it up to the boil and simmer. You know, and actually, if you're not doing it in an oven, you just want it really simmering very lowly. Because mm. even though it's a cut of meat that can take a long time to cook, mm. you still need to do it on a very low simmer. Shouldn't you always just do it in an oven? Oh, well, I sometimes do it on the top of the stove, partly because I'm a bit scatty, Kirsty, and I can, like I did the <laughs> other you? day, I was going off to this photo shoot and I thought, oh, I was just going to have a quick bath, totally forgot about the thing I was supposed to be bringing to the photo shoot, I had to make it again. <laughs> you know, so, um, fortunately, I'd made enough and I had more in the thing and I was like, what the mind? Anyway, so for me, it's always good if I can see it and then I can't forget about it. So, um... I was so don't when forget I yeah, your don't stew forget in the my stew, but no, it's long and slow. Any braising like that, I think, is just take your time. And I genuinely, I think the day before, I think stews always taste better than the yeah. next day, yeah, personally. Yeah. So when Nick's making this for your birthday, yeah. as a big fan, <laughs> yeah, of I've given Lebanese, up. We're not having that. We're not, yeah. having, we're not having it. What does he do best? What's he, what do you? Oh do you my love god, making? he is the absolute undisputed king of Sunday lunch. <gasps> oh. Absolutely off the charts, delicious. Mm. Okay, what's the? Tell he me. He says it's his whole. Hobby. Like, right. he, like <laughs> instead of going for a round of golf on a yeah. Sunday morning, he is for three hours mm. getting lunch okay. ready. Yeah. And it's totally delicious. Yeah. And it's old school. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, it might be a four rib of beef. You know, it might be boned and rolled belly of pork. It might, it, and his cauliflower cheese, mm. I would bow to no man in mm. my admiration wow. of his cauliflower cheese. Recently, he's adapted his cauliflower oh. cheese. So he uses four different yeah. cheeses in the sauce, but also he doesn't cook the cauliflower anymore. Oh. It's game changing. And it's soft. And it's it's soft, but it's got a little bit of bite. Bite, okay, that's good. Yeah, so it doesn't get waterlogged, so your yeah. sauce doesn't yeah. get runny, mm. but also it's got a little bit of bite, it's not mushy. Wow. And that is after decades of making Sunday lunch. And that's that, a new one. The hotness of the cheese. I yeah, because you put it in the, the oven for yeah. what, like 20 minutes or yeah. so. Yeah, and that oh does it. God. He's just turned 60, and one of the gifts I got him was a great big pillow that said Gravy King on it. <laughs> he makes the most delicious gravy you've ever tasted in How your life. How does he do his gravy? Because Angela made gravy once at my house. Uh-huh. And I think about it yeah. weekly. It's an it's a it is a good gravy is a sort of quasi erotic yeah. thrill, yeah. isn't it? It's like absolutely Tell us how Nick does so it. So Nick does yeah. it. So whatever the roast meat is, yeah. he gets carrots, celery, onion, he'll leave the skin on the onion, surrounds the meat mm. with that, puts that in for however long he's cooking that. Yeah. 
Then he takes, sometimes he will put the meat back in in a separate roasting pan, but it depends how, sort of, whatever meat he's cooking. And then he strains the juice that's come out. Then he puts it on the, in fact, I think he puts a little bit of flour, sprinkles a little mm -hmm. bit of flour over the mushy vegetables and cooks stirs it, it around, yeah. cooks it yeah. out, then takes the vegetables out and then adds wine and stock mm. and just lets it cook and lets it cook and lets it cook and lets mm. it cook and reduces it by probably about a third to a half yeah. of what he's actually made. And he usually uses quite good wine. So if there's mm. a leftover quarter bottle, a half bottle of wine, he'll put that mm. in. So he doesn't use crappy wine mm. in yeah. the gravy. Absolutely, incredibly mm. delicious. Oh, he said, you know, his mum used to make the gravies and his mum was a heavy smoker at one point in her life. He then a bit of fat ash and made a bit. So he doesn't do that. But, but, but he says, you know, why would you pour this disgusting thing over something you've taken? You yeah. know, it's going over mm. all the food. So yeah. it's got to be the it's most delicious. It's got to be the best thing. thing of yeah. course it has. I want to talk about the food that you love, Kirsty, that you've called, I can't remember where we read it, but you'd called it like unfashionable. Yeah. Like things like haggis and black pudding oh, and God, livers. Yeah. Mm. I, love I had sweetbreads last night. Mm. Absolutely oh, delicious. Yeah, mm. it's not, I almost feel it is a little bit sort of verboten. It's a bit mm. out there now to say mm. you like stuff like that. But I, I love yeah. things like Do that. Do you? Mm. But is it the northern thing? Is it because black pudding absolutely utterly delicious when delicious. my girlfriends come down to visit me they bring black pudding yeah because <laughs> the best black pudding is from sky i love black pudding. do you love yeah. black pudding do you like haggis love haggis. love haggis do you yeah i really do. nobody yeah. in my house will eat it if yeah. i'm eating it i'm eating it on my own yeah oh. no we always do a little burns nights you know and for a few years neil and my friend uh, james have always made made the haggis fresh do they and it's spicy mm. yeah that's why yeah. i like the real lots of loads of pepper in yeah, there at the end be. and really gives you a kick. I think and, it's delicious. Yeah. Delicious. And I do like, this may be sacrilege to you, I do like a little bit of brown sauce on the side. Oh, look at that oh. face. No, do you know what? <laughs> I'm not here to judge you. <laughs> now, it is November the 1st when this podcast goes out. Mm. So it's basically time to say Merry Christmas, Kirsty. Of course it is. Um, <laughs> never too early for no. a mince pie. Your big fan of the mince pie. I'm a huge fan of the mince pie. I'm mm -hmm. a huge fan of Christmas pudding. I've got a friend who her gift to her family every Christmas is her Christmas pudding that mm -hmm. from her mum's recipe, her mum's passed away, and that she does that as a kind of ritual every Christmas. So all those kind of Christmas tastes, I'm an absolute nut for. Does a Christmas pudding you do like now or even earlier? Yeah. You've got to let it party for a while, haven't yeah. you, before Christmas? Definitely now-ish, yeah. yeah now -ish. Or earlier. So I read this weekend, because I yeah. was reading my Christmas, never too early, yeah. my Christmas cookbooks, and it was saying that you can make a Christmas pudding and make two and store one for the yes, next you year. Can. yeah. And it'll yeah. just... And it won't, what, it's just because yeah. of all the sugar? It won't all the off. sugar, the alcohol in there and all okay. the fruits. Yeah, it will just hold itself. Yeah, oh, provided wow. you've cooked it properly, yeah. Can I easily. ask you a tip about... Because I've made a yeah. Christmas cake this oh, year and yeah. I don't know what it's going to taste like. It's a Nigel Slater recipe. It looks really beautiful. Oh, is it in his book, The Christmas Crumb? Yeah. That's the best Kirsty. Is it? it? I made it last year. Did you? I've, I'm sorry to interrupt. I've never made <laughs> Christmas cake before because my mum does what your friend does. She makes yeah. Christmas cake for everyone and gives it out as a present. And then last year she had a bit of a disaster and it burnt a bit around the edge and she was like, had enough. I mean, she's 89. She's allowed a night off. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> Give her a break. So I, said, I, so I made it and I'd never really made it before and I was following it diligently. And actually I gave it to my family. I heard nothing for like a week or so. And I was a bit put out. And I said, anyone like the cake? And they were going, oh my God, oh my it's God. delicious. It's the it best recipe. It does look beautiful. Oh, and do. I'm not a baker at all. So what's, what do you need a question on? Yeah, just about the icing of it. So oh. first of all, would you do sort of, would you buy the icing that's already rolled or would you make your own icing? 
I would buy the marzipan for I've sure. I've done that, yeah. yeah. And listen, I would buy the icing as well if you want to, yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm just saying Juliana Hartnett makes it, Kirsty. Don't mm. feel any pressure. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, buy it. You've made the cake. That's the main yeah. thing. Okay. And actually, if you're like me, I sort of take the icing and the marzipan off because it's the fruit bit I, I, I want anyway. Like yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, me so, too. Yeah. Everyone does. Yeah, so yeah, don't worry too yeah, much. Nigel yeah, Nigel Slater said in his book, it's like a whole load of gum shields yeah. on plates yeah, at exactly, the end of Christmas because yeah. people are like, nobody really uh, yeah. likes the icing, but it's the look of it. Yeah. Okay, I'm you've given me permission. There you go. Buy you the can icing. do it. Um, this mince pie is all I can focus <laughs> on. Now. I'm like. <laughs> I'm so excited for mince pie. Love a mince pie. I love love a mince pie. And I feel like now is the season. I'm not one of them people that wants to get the Christmas songs on already or get a tree up. But I think we can start eating mince pies. I would get the tree up. Would you? If I could. I don't. No. I don't. No. Because I think that would not be the right thing to do. But I, the more I can extend Christmas, the better. But what is it that you and your daughters? Is it your daughters or all your children make that is quite spectacular? So that's. Thank you very much. That was delicious. My youngest daughter, who is a fantastic baker yeah she's just got the touch i think she's inherited it from my paternal grandmother who was a brilliant mm. baker is we make a bunt village every christmas which yeah. is you can buy these amazing bunt tins uh -huh. they're yeah. quite expensive but yeah. you have them forever and that's the round one isn't well it? no, like no so they have them in the shape of nordic houses <gasps> oh, oh. See, so you just make a very simple mixture yeah. and you oil the tins so it mm. doesn't stick and I use a Nigella recipe because she's got a really good bunt recipe. It's very simple, but Iona mm. could do it even if it wasn't mm. simple. I couldn't. I've done that one. Have you? The bunt one. Yeah. And, it, and she yeah. says, Nigella says it makes you look like the cleverest I cook know. on earth because uh -huh. you let, mm -hmm. see what yeah. I did? It's like you've carved something. Mm. Yeah. But you can get little <laughs> cottages and grand country houses. <laughs> and we do, <laughs> can't tell you how happy it makes me. We do a whole village and then we're like, it's snowing. <laughs> These are the number one crumble top mince pies with cranberry and orange. Okay, here we go. Mmm, it's absolutely delicious. It's very posh. Mm. Very posh. Mmm, -mm. isn't it? Mmm, but they've not messed with the roots of a mince pie. I think it tastes very homemade. Mm. Yeah, it does. It's mm. quite tart, which mm. I love. It's not too cloying, mm. not too sweet. But you can buy these down at Waitrose right mm. now. Yes. But it's Christmas. It'd be amazingly cruel content if you couldn't get them. Yeah. And you can get these in December. <laughs> We're having them now. Yeah. Well, I feel excited for Christmas now yeah. that we've had a mince pie. I yeah. Do. It starts early. Yeah. I I'm do. ready for it. Mm. I'm going to copy your bun village. Bun, yes. Year. I want to see a picture. Oh, you from. get so much bang for your mm -hmm. buck. Mm. It's really, really. <laughs> like, wow. That yeah. Angela Hartner's really rubbing off on it. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a cake tin. <laughs> it's just a cake tin. Um, well, Merry Christmas, Kirsten. Yes. Merry yes. Christmas to you, too. It's yes. never too Cheers. soon, is it? Cheers. Merry Christmas. Oh, my God. This is my favourite Kirsty Young thing. Okay. I love that you don't have social media. Is it weird? No, I think no, it's, it's really brilliant. cool. Well, do you know, during lockdown, a couple of our kids said to me, well, you know, you should do that. It's Instagram. And, and I really love design. It's my hobby. I love design. I love artisanal things. And my sister's like, you could go on it. You see all these amazing pot mm -hmm. makers and weavers and blah, 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 blah. Mm. So I went on it during lockdown and because, you know, we're all looking for stuff to mm. do. And I was growing tomatoes during lockdown because we've got a greenhouse and I like growing things. And I started, it was private, like, so it was only people I knew. And it, every kind of four days I was like posting little sad pictures of yeah. my tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> and then I set, I think I posted like five pictures. Yeah. You set a timer, do you know yeah. this? So it tells you how long you're spending on mm. social media. Mm. Oh, but, yes, well, I yeah. did that. Mm. And it was the 30 minutes. And by the second week, I was spending 30 minutes a day on Instagram. Mm. And I'm like, 
I'm not getting that back. You know, I'm yeah. closer to death than I am from yeah. birth. So I decided just to come off it. So Get it's not it. for me. I yeah. think it's corrosive. Yeah. And also it it's nonsense, isn't it? Nonsense? It is nonsense. Mm. It is, but thanks for watching this <laughs> on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and hi to everyone on TikTok. <laughs> No, it is. I think if you know it's nonsense, it's okay to have it. I think yeah. it's fine. All my, so all I, my I kids have it. All I think yeah. is it's not for me. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's like... Yeah, it's not judgmental. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like... I might phase it out. People like stepping onto yachts and going hashtag blessed. Oh, oh no. God, yeah. Stop oh. it. Stop, Stop it. It's wrong. I know it's when they go, if I ever go to like West London and mm. I see people stood outside other people's houses, like... I'm like, <laughs> what exactly are we doing here? <laughs> I'm like, nice it's house, nuts. but it's like, what? And it's like the yeah. boyfriends having to do a photo shoot and they're like, mm. with keys. And it's like, what for? Yeah. What for? What's it for? Well, it's not, as, as I said to one of our kids, it's not posting, it's boasting. Yes. Stop it. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Very it well is. said, Kirsten. Mm -hmm. yes. Yeah, delete my account. Yes. <laughs> Shall we do the end of the show question? Um, Kirsty, we oh, have a right. question mm. for you here in a gold, solid gold. Yes, <laughs> okay. And the uh, for you to answer to... at the end of So am I asking you or there, I'm asking It's me a question for you. you. Oh, it's yeah. for me. And you get a Waitrose goodie bag. Oh. We basically have done <laughs> yes. the big shot for you. Yes. Oh, oh, very cheeky. Okay, it says, Hi, Kirsty. Thank you for joining us at Dish. When we listened to Young Again, a number of guests said the phrase, I don't think I've ever told anyone that before. Oh, yeah. So what haven't you told anyone before? <laughs> oh, a really easy question. Yeah. <laughs> it's a big question for some groceries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can do my own shop. I'm fine. <laughs> do you know, it was the thing I said to you earlier, which I really hope my kids don't mm. see, which is take the drugs and shag the guy. <laughs> yeah, I've never real. said that. I've never even you said that to myself that. before. <laughs> <laughs> um, you definitely get the goodie bag for you that. You definitely uh, do. Round of applause, Kirsty Young. Yay! Thank you, Kirsty. And it's delicious. delicious. Yeah, got it. And there's mint pie. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's gorgeous. Thank you very much. Thank you. That was thank lovely. You. That was thank a good laugh. Yes. That was a laugh, so and the food was delicious. Oh, thank mm. you. It was lovely to have you. Yeah, thank you. <gasps> oh, my God. Joining us next week on Dish, Monty Don. Did you know that? I did know that. I yeah. didn't. Oh, my God. I love Monty Don. And I had this incredible, ecstatic moment of feeling the sunshine, of smelling the earth, of holding the seed in my hand. And it was a kind of beatific experience of just knowing that this was everything I had ever wanted. This was the whole world in this moment. And then I sort of thinking, well, that's a bit strange because up till then, sex, drugs and rock and roll were very high on my list. <laughs> <laughs> and gardening was not on them, you know. <laughs> Details of all the delicious meals I've cooked on Dish can be found at waitrose.com slash dish recipes. All the links are in our show notes. We love reading your reviews, don't we, Ange? Ange? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Please keep them coming and, you know, the bigger the better. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you are listening today. Don't be a stranger. You can email us now. Angela is on hand, as am I, if you want, to answer any questions. Dish at waitrose.co.uk Dish is an SE Creative Studio production. Waitrose. Food to feel good about.